where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, haha, yes, 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 haha, yes, yes. Man, my South City rhythm, it's sick. Welcome to Balloon Party, Jackson. How can I help you? Good to be here. Nice. Munganass St. Louis Acura Alton Toyota's presentation of Balloon Party here on 101 ESPN. Taylor Twelman with us for talking about Tuesdays on Soccer Taylor Twelman. Yeah, that's actually verbatim the title of it. Presented by Together Credit Union. Uh, watch us and uh, let my baby blues. Look, I'm looking into the camera. I'm leaning in now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Prince in Tight One shot. Dove's Cry. Uh, YouTube uh, 101 ESPN. Jackson told me it was YouTube.com slash 101 ESPN, and I went there, and I don't think that's it. But that means somebody else is, like, squatting on that channel. Yes, I was just holding out, <laughs> right. looking for a settlement. So then I just typed 101 ESPN in the search bar, and then it, then it popped up. So that's where you can uh, watch us and just see how bad of a boy I am. Uh, we're giving away Loverboy and Foreigner tickets, so if anything conveys being a bad boy, that's that's probably it. We're going to give them away today, Jackson, for the text of the day, the Air Comfort Service text line. Indeed we are, Tim. 314-399-9646. ESPN has your chance to score a pair of tickets to see Foreigner with special guest Loverboy this Wednesday night at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Tickets for the historic farewell tour are on sale now, or... You can text in to 314-399-9646 to win free tickets to Foreigner. Get all the ticket details at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 app. Uh, Jackson John Mazalak addressing the media yesterday before the Cardinals win yet again. Five and two over the last seven. The Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, tra-la. If you are a believer that they will be winning their 12th world championship, put $100 down. And uh, sometime in early October, or excuse me, early November, late October, you'll receive $12,500 because they are plus 12500 Yeah, I think that's... Any financial advisor would tell you it's wise right now to bet the Cardinals. Good for you. If you believe they're going to get to the World Series but not win it and they will lose to the Rangers, yeah. you can get $8,000 on your $100 bet. Nice. So there are the current numbers. And I see, you know, you kind of got a little, uh, I don't want to say feisty, but I didn't mind what Nolan Arnato and... Uh, and Miles Michaelis said following the game last night uh, that they're not they're not moving on from 2023 yet. Right, and yeah. I, I think that would be the correct response. to is one out of well, I mean, but I mean, they, they, you can say it. Bull Durham, the can answer. Quinn Snyder, yeah. 
you know, with saying words, but there's not really a lot of feel to them. Sure. Like you're making a campaign stop in Iowa. You know, mm-hmm. you got to tell the people everything's wonderful here. And I love being in Iowa, except this is the last time I'll be here. <laughs> but uh, the, 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 like this, uh, Arnado had no appetite for looking ahead to next season or any talk of building momentum towards the future. Quote, I don't think about next year. I think that's a terrible strategy. I ain't got time for thinking about next year. I like that. It's like Chris Rock. I ain't got time. Anybody got time looking for, that? for Anita Baker. I'm looking for Doja Cat. I ain't got time uh, for thinking about next year. I've got to think about now and what I need to get done and try to help this team win. There's no guarantees next year is going to be a great year either. And there's no guarantees I'm going to be healthy next year either. So I think about now going out and competing. I love that answer. It sounds like it's super Nolan Arenado. It like, really is. Right but I mean, I also think it's pragmatic mm-hmm. because you don't know. Like, you'd like to think next year at this time the team will be better. It'll be really, my God. <laughs> yeah, boy. But you never know on injuries. Sure. There was no way in the world you thought the 2007 Cardinals were going to be a team that went below 500. Yeah, but guess right what there. happened? Chris Carpenter got hurt on opening day and away things went. So, with that all established, Good for them from that mindset. Now, on the other side of things, good for the Cardinals for approaching it with, yeah, we are most likely going to be moving on when the trade deadline rolls around. And yeah, if we can make a run in 2023, great. But mathematically, the current fan graphs projections for the Cardinals making the postseason is in between 5 and 6%. So you can't operate on what is the poker equivalent of hitting a two-outer uh, and, and go, let's just hold serve and see what happens. If the team keeps winning, great. The team most definitely is hitting, and they continue that. Uh, but as I, I was listening to Derek Gould, he appeared on Jason Stark's podcast, Starkville, and he pointed out that the team has been hitting, but even on this stretch where they were were just beating the ball around, the including the Monsters, they were they were they were losing games. Now it's five and two, and the shame of that game on Saturday. I brought this up to open up the second half, at least with regards to the schedule portion after the All Star break, is they really should be in the midst of a a long winning streak right yeah, now, for sure, um, because they should have won that first game against the Nationals. With all of that said, the state of the union is still dark, and that is that they are eleven games out of first place, even though now they share the cellar with the Pittsburgh Pirates and are not all alone. I think that there is a chance this is a third place baseball team by the end of the week because oh. they have four against the Cubs yeah. following this Marlins series. Yeah, I could. I mean, they're playing. The offense is playing as well as they played all season. I mean, Nolan Arenado last night was tearing the cover off the ball. Jordan Walker getting involved and all that. It's great to see. But again, it just comes down to that starting pitching. I've said it before, but in the month of June, having a plus five ERA for everybody but Montgomery, you're not going to win many baseball games like that, and you're really not going to be able to turn it around if you can't get starting pitching, and more so that, the bullpen to come and help. If you don't have that, it's going to be a real problem. But if the offense can keep playing like they are, maybe they can go on a little run. Oh, are you looking to invest? Uh, you know, maybe I'm not willing to put my money where my mouth is, but I'm certainly open to the idea of them having a small turnaround. But again, that brings up the thing where it's like, and Mosaic said yesterday when addressing the media that it's unlikely anything in the next two weeks would change what they're going to do at the deadline. Right. But... but it could doubt could enter if they go on a little run here, and then could that be detrimental to the future of the franchise? So, with that established, the Cardinals are favorites tonight. By the way, against the Marlins, minus one forty. Jordan Montgomery on the hill. So, the Cardinals now uh, talking trade deadline and what the approach is. Uh, Jackson, we have a wide variety 
of uh, clips from John Mazalak before yesterday's game. Let's take a listen. What do we have here? You set it up for me. Sure. Let's listen, and then I shall react along with our audience. 314-399-9646. Or get, watch on YouTube and participate in the uh, in the chat. Yeah. Uh, oh, you just wave to the camera. You know, it's like... You, you broke the fourth wall. It's like Studio 5A over here. Nice. Um, uh, this is a clip talking, John Mazalak talking about this deadline and where he's looking at for the future in terms of the moves they're going to make at the deadline. Well, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, you know, we're not looking just for simply like a ball depth. Um, you know, if we can find talent that we think can help um, emerge in 2024, that'd be great. 2025, I wouldn't rule that out either, but 2026 seems a long way away. There he is. Yeah, kind of talking about what the future might look like. So it says, so what he's saying there is this will not be a full-on rebuild. And I think most people have thought that that is the way that it's going to go. Logic would dictate it would be very odd to have a full-on rebuild when you have, God, I mean, what does Arnado, Goldschmidt, and Contreras account for with regards to percentage of the payroll? Oh, boy. Oh, like in the 60s or 70s? I think that that is the math. So... Yeah, unless you're parting ways with all of those players, right. that's not what's going to happen. Uh, going back to Derek Gould on Jason Stark's podcast, uh, which I was listening to on my way to the radio station today, um, Derek was talking about how he spoke with uh, Arnado in Seattle at the All Star game, and Arnado said, "You know, this is he's just not there's just not interest in his part in leaving." And then turning the page over to Goldschmidt, uh, Gould said he thinks both of them are staying and finish their careers in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. He said Goldschmidt and Arenado are super close. They both came from organizations. I realize the Diamondbacks are in a great spot this year, but when Goldschmidt left there, they were not. And that they value knowing in their minds going into each season that they're going to have a chance at a championship. Now you go, what about this year? This year would be the proverbial outlier. And... What one would expect, and John Mazalek said this yesterday, I watched this entire, it was like a half hour thing, uh, that likely you're going to see them trade for pitching, and mm-hmm. I think you're going to see that here in the next couple of weeks. A pitcher who is under control for 2024, because right now you only have Miles, Miles Michaelis and, and Steven Matz, so you need at least three because we're giving Steven Matz the spot in the rotation. And then on the other side of it, you, uh, you would go out and get a pitcher in free agency. So that's what he was saying will most likely be the case. Uh, Jackson, what do we have next here from John Mazzelli? Uh Talking about what they're kind of looking for in terms of the deadline, mostly pitching. Well, I definitely think we're going to treat the trading deadline as pitching, 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 right? Now, that's not to say we're going to ignore a position player that you know, may be like just uber great. And mm-hmm. so we have to be you know, cognizant of that. But I think the goal would be to address as much pitching as possible. Pitching? Pitching and pitching. I don't see how you could, you know, that's pretty obvious, but it is the truth, man. That's the only thing that you really should be going for at the moment is pitching. Uh, I, I do understand where he's come from when it comes to position players. Like, if they're really great, then you get them. But, I mean, you have to you have to be 
one goal, and that goal is to get pitching, and honestly, major league ready or very close to major league ready pitching, because next year you have two starters on the books. Uh, let's see. Wow, glad you guys are on YouTube now. I didn't realize the young one was so cute. Now we're talking. Now yeah, we're this talking. is what this is kind of what I thought was going to happen. We were going to start to take market share away from some of the more female demographic stations, right? Once they knew that we were available. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I can't be viewed. On, on YouTube, I'm kind of more in the brio set demographic. I think, uh-huh. like coming off the third divorce in the Central Corridor. Right, uh, there's a market for that. Yeah, the lip injection scene. Yeah, uh, you know, I always say, you know what I say? Sure, you're talking football season coming up. I say it's filler season. <laughs> Right, and we're on the precipice, right, of it. Right. The fall time is really, you get sweaters, you get the hats that everyone wears to the wineries, and then you get fillers. That's what I, that's that's who I cater to. You, though, right. you're the young ladies in their sorority houses. Right, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm like, uh, I wouldn't say a sex symbol, but I'm right there. Um, posters I on I the wall. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Glossies. Hung glossies of me. Yeah, teen, teeny bopper magazine covers. Yeah, like look, it, at, look at midday one hour show host Jackson Burkett yeah, in his TMASTL shirt on YouTube. Like, Ooh, he's a bad boy. It's like a very monochromatic camera, and it's just a shot of me looking out, longing, like <laughs> side profile, and like for some odd reason, there's like a boombox there. Theater of the yeah. mind, baby. I like that. Yeah. I, I thought at 25 years old, you wouldn't even know what a boombox is. You know, uh, I think they're kind of making a comeback. See, boombox is making a comeback in 2024. But they'll be like... They is won't that put, right? Well, they won't wow, have... Wow, like, People won't be putting cassettes in them. It'll all just be like Bluetooth. But I think people like the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like do the right thing, the boombox. Sure, Spike Lee joint. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are making a comeback. Uh, Tim, I can't tell is your co-host... Henrik or Daniel Sedin. That's from the 314. Are those ice hockey players? Because I don't know either of them. Anytime I hear Henrik, I think, you know, that's probably a hockey player. Outside of Henrik Stenson. I went to read that one because I thought that there was about a 93% chance that you would not know about the Sedins. I have no idea who they are. Sedin? It's a good name. Good hockey They name. vanquished the Blues in 2009. A sweep. Oh. Okay. Walter was, was none too pleased. I was I sighed and I saw him skate off, and he was none too pleased about it. you know Walter Kachuk. Number I do. Seven. Know, I do know him. You know him. Yeah, and his sons. Who is the ghost on your YouTube channel? Yes, my skin has a certain pigmentation. It is quite pale. Move on. You can't tell them to move on because now they will pile on. I mean, Haven't I taught you better? People, but people know. Like people know that I, I and I, I like the term fair skinned. It's better than pale. I'm fair skin. My fair lady. Right. That's kind of what I am. I'm kind of like dainty in that sense. <laughs> if Tim buys a $6,000 designer tuxedo for my wedding, I will do an ad read for balloon party instead of vows to my wife at the wedding. That's from the 636. Wow, we're doing transactions now here. I don't see the ROI. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll talk with my, my guy and see if he thinks that's a good 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 investment and then I'll, I'll get back to you uh, alright we will uh, take a commercial break come back with uh, what do we have today on Tuesdays half and half the half and half you know it. And then we have talking Taylor Twelman Tuesdays brought to you by Together Credit Union you nailed it again yeah, Tim I'm excited by myself that's coming up as these doggies are at the top of the table so we'll talk it over with Taylor Twelman on Tuesdays brought to you by Together Credit Union and the half and half coming your way this is Balloon Party driven by Mung and St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on the YouTube channel 
back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Boy, that's the music that lets you know half and half's about to get underway. Isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's like stuff. the lights go down. Feel and the here rhythm. come the 1998 Chicago Bulls. And from North Carolina. What was the name of that song that the Bulls would play before announcing the Jordan Pippen dynasty at the United Center? Fly Like an Eagle? I respect the fact that you threw something out there even though you knew. Well, it was in Space Jam, and they did do like the opening lineups for Space Jam. And he does like 6'6 six, six from North Carolina, Michael, Jordan. And I think it was Fly Like an Eagle was certainly one of the big songs. Serious Alan Parsons project. I don't know who Alan Parsons is. I never heard the tune. Well, I mean, that wasn't the question. The question was, do you know the name? And I think if you heard it, you would, you know, as a basketball historian. Mm-hmm. And from my standpoint, the Dr. Jack Ramsey of 101 ESPN. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Shout out to the 77 Blazers. Uh, that I thought that you may know it, even though I, I know that you were born in the same year that it was being played. Jackson, do you have the half and half available here for the Munganast uh, presentation of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and now on the YouTube channel where both of us are essentially being stripped down by all of the female listeners that have found us on YouTube. Mentally. Mentally. You know, we'll keep our tops on for this program. Uh, Yeah, I sure do, Tim. When looking at what will happen after the deadline, we will see a team that is retooling for 2024. In my memory, I have never seen a lame duck two-month run for the Cardinals where they aren't competing for a playoff spot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you think that will look like, and what should fans expect to see? What are some storylines to follow where they run out the clock? Could you see a dip in attendance and also fan engagement during that time? Um, I am still... I'm kind of like Nolan Arenado. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just, and here's why. Number one, because I bet on it, honestly. <laughs> right. But number two, because I just don't know who the hell's going to win the National League Central. Right. There isn't a an Atlanta Braves mm-hmm. out there, and then whoever you would consider in the other divisions as the powerhouses. I recognize the Rays are still carrying the momentum from their fast start and the Rangers. Um, but but with, with all of that said, there just isn't one of those in the National League Central. And the Reds were getting a lot of attention, and then they fell off, and they, they had a suspended game, kind of like the Cardinals and Nationals did on, on Friday night, last night. Um, so the Cardinals picked up a half game on them last night. Brewers were idle. Point being, I don't know if there's a team in the Central that you look at and go, they're going to run away. So if the Cardinals can keep up what they've been doing offensively and maybe find something, I don't know how realistic it is starting-wise, and the schedule does kind of lighten up in the second half relative to the first half. I'm just not ready to, to totally abandon it. But with that said, I realize what the math is. And so operating from that premise, I thought one of the most interesting answers yesterday mm-hmm. was one that probably flew under the radar in comparison to the trade deadline talk, and that was when John Mazalak was asked about Mason Wynn. And he said... Uh, they may reevaluate the idea of bringing him up in early August. So that caught me off guard. I was reading Derek Gould's chat on stltoday.com yesterday, and he did not expect them to bring him up in, in 2023 for a variety of reasons, uh, one of which would be his clock starting and a season in which he can for certain get at bats. 
in in Memphis, but that'd be something to keep an eye on. Uh, in addition to if they were to uh, turn the page on Jack Flaherty and, and Jordan Montgomery, who would come in and start, and would you see anything that would give you any hope for anybody who is inside of the organization to emerge? But I think you are going to see one of the 2024 Cardinals starters, not named Michaelis or Matz, pitching in St. Louis within two weeks. Mm-hmm. Because my belief is at least one of the outfielders, most likely O'Neal, uh, Carlson, certainly live as well, be dealt in exchange for a starting pitcher who might not be uh, a pitcher that you're going to go as your ace. As a matter of fact, I would say it's certainly not going to be your ace, but somebody with some upside who you have control for 2024. So one of the pitchers for 2024, you were going to see pitching in St. Louis in 2023. Yeah. That's what I'm telling. I think that's a good point. And when you talk about storylines to follow, obviously the, the development of young players like Jordan Walker, and then if they do bring up Mason Wynn, I think that certainly increases fan engagement, even if they aren't necessarily competing for that playoff spot. Um, just a brief aside, one thing I noticed yesterday, and I'm not going to say that I'm some sort of swing expert. I was cut from the baseball oh, team. Oh, wow. Look at this. My freshman year. What do we have here? Tom Amansky joins us. So I'm just I'm putting that out there. I just want to see if anyone else noticed it or if I'm completely off. Jordan Walker, I've noticed, has like a tendency sometimes to really fall on his back foot. Kind of doesn't seem to get the momentum on that front foot sometimes. So yesterday he drove in a run. It just looked like he fell on his back yeah, foot. Yeah, the little bloop that dropped in left center. Right, but it, he barreled it. So it, it off the bat, it looked like it was going to go off further. But he, I, I feel like he drops on that back foot a lot and doesn't shift that momentum forward. I, again, I am no swing expert, but oh. I just I've, I've noticed that, and I think like a guy with just unlimited athleticism like him could just be tearing the cover off the baseball. It's kind of like what uh, Adrian Beltre would do when he dropped down on one knee. Yes, he did. He did do that. Was against Felix Hernandez, I believe. Yeah, and so like I obviously like I guess it works for some people, but I, I, this is something I've noticed, and maybe I'm completely off. Here. Okay, hey, you're like uh, the the junior version of the Cobra, Dave Parker. <laughs> I don't understand the reference. You know who Dave Parker is? <laughs> no. I mean, in one segment, we don't know who the Sedines are. The next segment, we don't know who the Cobra is. Is that like uh, Cobra Kai? You've often referenced Karate Kid before, so just trying to use context no. clues. Uh, outfielder, Pittsburgh Pirates, and also former Cardinal hitting coach. Okay, very cool. I'd count me in. <laughs> and just... also a good friend of Ralph Macchio and William Zabka of Karate Kid. Yeah, Billy Zabka, what a great villain, great 80s villain. He's going to join us after Taylor Twelman does in the next segment. Absolutely. All right, next question. We heard Derek Gould on Starkville talking about, in regard to Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty, that one will stay and one will probably go. What do I you, was surprised by that. I was too. I would, figured, I, I, would, I would bet that they're both going. Right, that's what I was thinking. Um, so what do you, first of all, what do you make of that sentiment? And in your mind, operating under that premise, who would you like them to keep and who would you like them to deal? Uh, I was listening and, and heard Derek say that and was surprised. And my reasoning for being surprised, just for the purpose of, of kind of showing the work, so to speak, uh, is my expectation is both won't be pitching for the Cardinals in 2024. And mm-hmm. therefore, you move on and you get something in return for them now. So then, number one, I, I believe Derek knows what he's talking about. Agreed. And so don't you know, will trust his intuition because I don't think his intuition is, is rooted in knowledge uh, that the Cardinals may be looking to sign one of the two. Now, then you go, well, if they're going to sign one of the two, which one do you sign? 
My analysis would be the following. Jack Flaherty has the higher ceiling than Montgomery, but he also has the lower floor. Uh, And I also would imagine he is going to come with a higher price tag. That would be my guess, and that is operating on the premise that he finishes the season healthy. The reason for the lower floor, for the record, is the shoulder, which over the last three starts does not look like it's an impact on him all. And if you take out three of his starts, Doug Bond was saying this on TMA yesterday, he'd have an ERA in the twos. Um, So with that said... I'm really surprised by what he has been able to do. Uh, I'm also really surprised that the Cardinals were relying on him going into the season to be their guy. I think that was also irresponsible and based on hope. But with that said, the guy I would go with is Jordan Montgomery. Yes. I think the fall off on Jack Flaherty, who I realize could wind up being an absolute hero somewhere in with the Yankees or with the Dodgers, but I just I I feel like that is and I really I'm a fan of his as well. Right. Um, just as a, as a competitor, I just think he is a, a hell of a competitor, and I still I worry about a pitcher with a shoulder situation. So if I had to allocate dollars, and if this is the thing that they are thinking, which is why Derek said that that they're going to sign one of the two, or going to try to anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, Montgomery made it clear he didn't want to negotiate an extension during the season. He's represented by Scott Boris. Then I would go with Montgomery. Personally, before listening to that, I would have said both are pitching somewhere else in the next two weeks and not pitching in St. Louis in 2024. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point there. And I think my, re- my answer is similar. Uh, I would rather keep Montgomery because I think that Flaherty would have more value out there in the open market. And like you to look at Flaherty, like a team with a lot more latitude could try to get him back to that 2019 status. And if he can be, then you have a kind of an ace and you with a team with more latitude, they'll have more opportunities for him to start in the third or fourth spot. Whereas the Cardinals need guys to get innings, guys to get wins. And you're going to yeah. mess around with a guy with a shoulder it's a injury. a really good observation. Yeah. 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 You're leveraged and he's going to, he's going to make some money, man. Right. That's the thing too. Is he's so I, I wonder about that, that, that listening to that pod Listening to Mazalek yesterday, the Mason Wynn thing surprised me. It didn't like drop me on the floor, but it surprised me. And then listening to Derek and Jason Stark talk, I was surprised that Derek thought that one of them would go. When it when he was asked by Stark about Arnato and Goldschmidt, he thought neither would go, and mm-hmm. both will finish their careers in St. Louis. And then when it came to Carlson and O'Neill, he thought uh, he mentioned he thinks it's a chance that both of them are gone. And I would agree with everything going into that outside of I would have thought that Montgomery and Flaherty both will be gone within the next couple of weeks. So that stood out to me. And that is a material part of the business model, just like not getting Sean Murphy had a domino effect on the organizations that led to the Cardinals allocating dollars to Wilson Contreras as opposed to pitching. I'm sure many would say, well, the Cardinals should have allocated dollars to both and not necessarily Wilson Contreras, but a catcher right. and pitching. And, of course, when it was all said and done, they just did the Contreras deal. All right, uh, Taylor Twelman going to join us on the other side of the break. Uh, City is at the top of the table now going on this uh, break. Uh, and we'll talk about where things stand with Taylor Twelman and uh, look forward to reading some of your questions and your thoughts on where things are because this is a hell of a story with what's going on with city that is coming up next it is talking with taylor on tuesdays brought to you by together credit union three for three wow but i've changed the answer three different times uh we'll have to go back and check okay. that fair enough it's coming up next this is balloon party driven by munganess st louis acura and alton toyota on 101 espn this episode is brought to you by paramount plus 
Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're heading down to the pitch to talk soccer and City SC with Taylor Twelman. Talking with Twelman on 101 ESPN. Is presented by the City SC debit card. Exclusively at Together Credit Union. I think that Sports Center update warrants a 30 for 30. Perhaps a two-parter. I think I deserve a trophy. But I know Taylor Twelman's on a schedule. And therefore, the 30 for 30 on Jackson Sports Center update, which lasted four seconds and featured the Cardinals one last night. I got the score correct, though, right? Yeah. Nailed it. Well, thank God it wasn't a hockey game. Oh, boy. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to welcome to the program the great Taylor Twellman, brought to you by Together Credit Union. Fun with alliteration. Good morning, Taylor. Hey guys, how are you? I'm sorry about the Sports Center update, but uh, time calls. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, I kind of cut Taylor off. He was kind of saying oh, something, wow. and I had to put him on hold. I felt terrible, God. so I'm sorry, Taylor. It's okay. I'm used to it. You're not the first, and you won't be the last. <laughs> all right. Taylor, I mean, how about how things are looking here? We haven't talked the last uh, couple of weeks, but this is absolutely unbelievable. I recognize Miami is what Miami is, but still, three set-piece goals, just a thing of beauty on Saturday night at City Park. Buddy, it's insane. The fact we're here in D.C. for the MLS All-Star Game, and we're talking about St. Louis City in first place of the Western Conference. Exactly 180 degrees different than everyone in this sport predicted. Uh, It's one of the biggest surprises of my professional career, and I've had many. But it is... um, Good on Lutz Fahnenstiel, good on the Taylor family, and just for believing in what they're doing, sticking to their guns, and now they need to finish the deal. Because for what they have pulled off in the first, what is it, 20-some-odd games, you got to be absolutely kidding me. I mean, it is just, it's nonstop, and it is such an incredible atmosphere combined with the performance. And now with this natural breaking point, in the season, and considering you know where the, where the team sits here, four points clear of LAFC on the same number of games, I'm curious what you think. I mean, you've been saying this since we were talking about it back in April, I feel like, but now what do you feel like is, is the realistic landing spot when it's all said and done, and not just operating on um, what they should hope to do, which at this point I think the, the dreams have to be big, but uh, what is the realistic landing spot if you were assessing the most likely spot where the team finishes? Well, more importantly, Tim, I'm going to stay. After the start they had, I said hosting the playoff game has to be the must. Mm -hmm. That still remains the same. Now, you're asking someone that's been in and around this league for 20 years, and yet this summer is something I've never seen before. You've got the League's Cup tournament. So I don't know how to predict that. I don't know what it does to teams that have injuries that now all of a sudden may be rejuvenated. you got Messi, the greatest player ever, to now be in the league. So I don't know what to expect in August. But now you're in the driver's seat. Now you control your own destiny. In my opinion, and I'm the worst guy to ask, you go for the moon, dude. You're, you're there. Tim, you're there. You've pulled off 
the biggest heist up to this point, finish the deal. Number one seed, Western Conference, every home game in front of that crowd and make sure if you're going to not be an MLS Cup, it's because someone came into that building and beat you and you tip your cap and you say, well, they've now got to go for it. I'm not saying they weren't before, but you cannot look at it now and say, oh, no, we're okay. This is amazing. We've surprised everyone. Uh Uh-uh, miss me with that. Go for it and go for it now. And if you've got to sign a couple players to make sure that happens, great. Don't worry, in my opinion, about League's Cup. Make sure 100% you win that Western Conference because you've done all the hard work up to this point. 11 games remaining, and the two toughest with LAFC and Seattle will take place at City Park. And who would have thought, and who was even probably paying attention to it, that what lurks in the final game of the season on October 21st is a home game against Seattle? That could wind up being everything. Oh, it's going to be absolutely everything. Now, I also think September 20th at home against LAFC on a Wednesday night may be the game that determines who wins the Western Conference. But again, you've already played those two teams on the road. You've got it at home. You're going to get some time to maybe get Klaus back. You've got Nielsen and others. Uh, This is going to be a fun run, man. And who knows what they do in League's Cup. The Club America game, which I will be there for, is going to be a spectacle. Uh, but my word, number one seed in the West, exactly how I told you it would happen, didn't I? Oh, my goodness. I would have loved to have just thrown a little <laughs> cash on it at the beginning of the season. I can't imagine what the odds were. Hey, I know you're on a tight schedule. Just one thing. There is a break, and I'm sure some of the people are listening. Okay, what's League's Cup? What are they doing? What is this? How come they're not playing again until August 20th? If you would, uh, 20 or 30 seconds, because I know you're on a schedule, like I said, I'll let the people know exactly what this is. Yeah, this is going to be the first time ever that both Liga MX Major League Soccer will stop their seasons and have a knockout-style, World Cup-style tournament. It will be the largest purse in the history of the game for the winner. There's Jeopardy on the line. You've got Champions Cup bursts on the line. And so this is a real, real spectacle. Now, what it turns into, who knows, Tim, five, ten years down the road, but this is the first time that logistically Liga MX Major League Soccer are coming together for a competition, and I think you're going to get something that we are going to be talking about for years to come. I look forward to it, but if you're asking me to handicap what's going to happen, buddy, you're asking the wrong guy. I have no idea what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen over the next month, and then back at it against Austin on August 20th. Taylor, always appreciate the time, man. It's an exciting time here in St. Louis with what is going on with City, and we look forward to continuing to talking with you about it throughout the course of the season. Always appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Yep, thanks, buddy. Be good. Thank you, Taylor. That's Taylor Twelman, brought to you by Together Credit Union here on 101 ESPN. It really is something to behold. And uh, like I said, Taylor made reference to September 20th. That's against LAFC. And then I was just browsing through, and I'm going, man, they do happen to play Seattle, a team that's in the mix for the West as well. And it's the final game of the year on Saturday, October 21st. That could wind up being something else. And by the way, speaking of which, uh, you could also have quite a set of circumstances on October 7th in Columbia, Missouri. And I will explain to you why October in St. Louis might not be as dark and dreary as it would appear, at least the St. Louis sports scene. Uh, And we'll have that conversation coming up after Eli Drinkwitz talked yesterday at the SEC Media Days. That conversation next here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. 
back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party. Driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you on the program. Uh, Jackson, I'm now getting some support here. About time. Thank you, actually. <laughs> uh, for my wager on the Cardinals. Oh, wow. I put two units on the Cardinals at plus 850. Uh-huh. And then last week, feeling inspired during the All-Star break, I put another unit on the Cardinals to win the National League Central at plus 2,000. Wow. Yeah. Double down. So, uh, after thinking Tim's plus 850 bet on the Cardinals to win the Central was not worth a fiddler's fart, I've reconsidered and now view it as a hot, exciting possibility. This team's offense has a real shot of punishing pitching staffs from here on in and passing up the pathetic piss-poor teams ahead of them to take the central crown. That's from Smokin' Steve. Nice. Smokin' Steve believes. I, listen, I love Smokin' Steve's optimism, um, but the one thing that was not mentioned in there was starting pitching, and that seemed to hamstring the Cardinals throughout this entire season. Why so, do you say that? Well, ERA, whip, um, Wins and losses, all of those combined. Um, any pitcher not named Jordan Montgomery, kind of been not great. You're going after the mile, man. Uh, I like I like his passion. I'll give oh. Miles Michaelis that. I like his when he when he kind of fumbled that ball that went up to the pitcher's mound before the ball was even uh, the guy reached first base. He was quite upset with himself. Reminded me of like when you. Like botch a bump and run shot from thirty yards out. I can't relate to that. I don't right. get a chance to play right. golf. Prox like God, you do. <laughs> Prox God, Heat God. Uh, Jackson. Uh, speaking of golf, lover boy and foreigner in town uh, tomorrow night at uh, Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, and we are giving away the text of the day. Uh, who got it? Uh, so, a gentleman from O'Fallon got it. By asking, did Tim ever play football? He looks like a dog that could still play. Good question. Uh, Almost rhetorical, really. I did. I played for five days before I was cut at St. Louis University High School for safety precautionary reasons. Can you give us your height and weight? Sure. 5'2", 100 pounds in the depth (laughs) chart. And I think Gary Kornfeld knows, uh, and I know he's listening right now, that had he not cut me, that team with Steve Schnur that wound up quarterbacking Northwestern in the Rose Bowl, uh-huh. Jason Dulick, what's up, cousin, uh, who uh, had a hell of a career as a wide receiver at uh, Illinois, and Scott Pfeiffer, who played at Tennessee. You add me to that mix, right? and you beat Jefferson City in the state championship game. At 5'2", 100 pounds, you might have been... 10 to 15 percent equipment like the shoulder pads helmet cleats and all above might have been like 10 percent of your body weight it was a miss on the football program (laughs) and i don't know if they've ever recovered no absolutely not thank you for saying it absolutely not and also your future what you could have done at the university of missouri right i'd still be in the nfl (laughs) (laughs) uh jackson I, i i was telling the fine people who listen to the program that i listen i recognize usually in st louis we can at least expect to be teased into thinking that there will be a busy October mm-hmm. in the St. Louis sports scene. No doubt. At the very least, the Blues open up the season. You know that. But you think the Cardinals are going to be in the playoffs. And for the most part, since 2000, that is where they have been. This year, at this point, it's about 5 to 6% that they will be there. Um, now, with that said, 
was watching the SEC media days yesterday. Now, I want to make this clear. I didn't say to my wife and my two sons, hey, let's gather around and see what Jimbo Fisher has to say. Right. Uh, oh, look, Drink's talking. Sure. But I was working, and I had it on in the background, so I watched Eli Drinkwitz talk, and he went out of his way to not give any juicy quotes, which he has done in the past, and then it led to him getting a bunch of attention and people going, who's Eli Drinkwitz, and what is he popping off about? Because sure. he hasn't exactly done much yet uh, in Columbia. And so when he was on Paul Feinbaum following that, uh, he also uh, didn't take the bait that Feinbaum was trying to get him to take some shots at Tennessee since the Vols had to vacate wins from 19 and 20. And that's one of the things he said last year on Jim Rome that got him a bunch of crap, but also got him a bunch of attention. Either way, he talked about how 18 starters are coming back. It's a lot. It's huge. Brady Cook is the guy going in. And you look at the schedule... Now, Sam Horn and Jake Garcia will be competing for the quarterback spot as well. But Brady Cook, hopefully healthy. Uh, And now somebody calling plays, not Drinkwitz. There's an offensive coordinator. So with that said, the season starts with South Dakota, Middle Tennessee State, Kansas State, Memphis played here in St. Louis, and then in Nashville against Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you that I think game theory would dictate that it is a better than 50% chance that Missouri's 5-0 and than 4-1 and or less. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't say it's 70%, but if you said you got to bet heads or tails, Missouri's 5-0 and or not, I think I would bet 5-0. and Again, oh. I'm operating on the 52-48% thing. And what I'm getting to is the following. If Missouri is able to beat Kansas State in Columbia, now they're the defending Big 12 champions, uh, they beat TCU. They did. Who then, uh, TCU was edged out by Georgia, if memory serves. Yeah, it was close right until the end. Um, or it was over in the first quarter. Right. Uh, that, that they would likely be 5-0 and on Saturday, October 7th, when Brian Kelly and his shaken southern accent comes to, comes to Columbia. Yeah. With the LSU Tigers. And if that is the case, these 11 o'clock starts, which I am of the opinion, destroys a football program. Detrimental. The hardcore fan's going to go, the game could be at 2 in the morning. The casual fan in, in, in Kansas City and St. Louis is going to go, I'm going to the Chiefs game tomorrow if you're in Kansas City. Or I don't think I'm not going to get up at 6 in the morning and right. then drive there and then tail. It's just not... Battle 70 traffic, yeah. Get yourself a 2.30 or a 6, 7 o'clock start against LSU, and now you got something going on. And you're in the top 25, I assure you. LSU, with Brian Kelly, not necessarily expected to be up there with Alabama and Georgia in the SEC, but certainly it's a program that bears watching. Now, they have a tough September, unlike Missouri. They start their season at Tallahassee, uh, and they also have to travel to Starkville. They host Arkansas, and they have to travel to Oxford, to take on the lane train, and then they head to Missouri on October 7th. If Missouri can get to 5-0, and I would tell you that that game is going to be either a 2-30 game, because you were looking at the other SEC games, or a night game. And at that point, even if you don't even care about Missouri, you're like, God, Missouri against LSU on a Saturday night in Columbia or Saturday afternoon in Columbia, weather most likely optimal. Oh, October 7th. Ooh, cats and dogs. Now you get a moment... 
that Missouri needs to build momentum like most other SEC schools have, which is even if you didn't go to school there, which is the case for a lot of people, of course, you adopt the team as your football team. And I understand why Kansas City's all in on the Chiefs. They have been for a long time. Plus, they have the best player in the NFL and the defending Super Bowl champions. But on this side of the state, it's an opportunity for Missouri to capitalize on the vacancy here. Oh, yeah. And I don't necessarily think they do a real great job of marketing it. And I am a Missouri fan uh, who wants to see the program return to the glory that it experienced in 2007, to a lesser extent 2008, and 2013, a lesser extent 2014. Uh, So that would be the opportunity. And then following that on what we talked about with Taylor Twelman, even if the Cardinals aren't playing, uh, what you have with City on October 21st in the direction he's talking now, let's win the Western Conference. Uh, they would be playing Seattle, who could be in the mix for the West. And that game, the final regular season game, could determine the whole thing on October 21st. Who would have thought that would be possible? So, Jackson, do not despair. Could have the Blues starting the season. Missouri and Brian Kelly doing battle October 7th at 2.30 or a night game. And the Dogs taking on Seattle for the West on October 21st. Consider me fired up. Look at you. I've never seen you this fired up. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it as well. BK and Ferrari are coming up. They're going to have Skip Schumacher. Uh, That's coming up next here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.